hello and welcome to the Bulletin and Beyond. My name's Kimberly Price and today Monique Patterson and Justine McCullough-Beasy talk you through all the latest headlines. We can also report that since our recording this morning, there has been 282 new cases of coronavirus recorded in Victoria over the past 24 hours. Mon, this week opened with more headlines surrounding coronavirus and looking to Melbourne, um, obviously we know that the towers uh, were put into lockdown late last week. You spoke to a Warrnambool lady who used to live in one of these towers. Uh, what was her take on the lockdown measures? We just keep, um, everything's unprecedented, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we couldn't have imagined that you'd actually be put into full lockdown, but that's what these residents in these public housing towers found themselves in. And Alana O'Connor, she lived in uh, three of these public housing towers, and basically she said that she feels really sorry for these residents because she said that the conditions in the towers are not great. There's no air conditioning. She said it's always hot and quite small. And she just said that she's glad that she's no longer living there because she didn't know how these people would cope with not even being allowed to go outside. Yeah, it's definitely a very serious situation. And, you know, closer to home, we did have uh, a scare where for a family of four tested positive um, to coronavirus once they returned to their Melbourne home, but they did holiday in Port Ferry for three days. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened on, on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. We did hear that there was possibly um, a case in the southwest and we'd had a really good run of no cases. Um, As you mentioned, there was a family of four that were holidaying in Port Ferry. They found out that a family member back in Melbourne had tested positive to coronavirus. And so they did the right thing. They went home to Melbourne and found out that, yes, they also had coronavirus. So um, they have then contacted the the right people and um, everyone was alerted that there was a case in in Port Ferry. So, yeah, um, everyone sort of went on high alert after I said we'd had a a really good run with, with no cases in the southwest for a good period of time. It's worth mentioning as well that the Department of Health and Human Services have done their contact tracing uh, investigation and have made the decision that they don't think anyone in the region would have been in close enough contact with the family to have picked up the virus. Whilst it was a close call, we don't think that there are any coronavirus cases here, but it will take two weeks until we know for sure if there has been any contact from the family to Port Ferry residents. Yeah, well, fingers crossed on that front because we don't want to go back into lockdown. Um, And on that note, um, I spoke to some very relieved business owners uh, during the week who had been listening to Daniel Andrews just hoping that they weren't going to have to uh, put back in the strict measures I spoke to the owner of Bohemia Cafe, uh, Steve. He said that he had been worried that they would be forced to go back to takeaway only. And the main reason he was concerned about that is because it means that they have to temporarily stand down some of their staff members. And unfortunately, some of their staff members haven't been working long enough with them to qualify for JobKeeper. Similar thing with Macy's Bistro, Peter Cork-Walsh said to me 
that uh, he was relieved that they can still uh, open for diners. Um, he said that it's still very challenging, that they're only doing about 50% of the trade that they were prior to the coronavirus due to social distancing. Mm. And he also said that he hopes that the JobKeeper is extended if this uh, coronavirus, you know, continues to cause issues across the state because without JobKeeper, he doesn't know how he would keep his business running. On that note too, I spoke to a number of tourism operators and they uh, feel the exact same way about the JobKeeper. A number of accommodation providers told us that they are really fearful of what this new, um, these new lockdown measures will do for tourism in the area as we rely really heavily on Melbournians. They do hope that the JobKeeper continues because it is how they're paying a lot of their staff um, in this time. So it's very murky waters at the moment. We're not exactly sure what's going to be the full fallout of this new six-week lockdown measures, but... Um, Hopefully it doesn't affect us too much here in the southwest in our day-to-day lives. We know that school is returning on Monday. We had a lot of questions about that on Wednesday morning where their class would resume and, and we can confirm that all classes are going back on Monday. But yeah, it will take a lot of a long, long time for our tourism industry and businesses to recover from this. Exactly right. And um, just on another note, um, I spoke uh, to a very well-known Warrnambool man earlier this week and um, if you're interested in a bit of a longer read tomorrow um, in Saturday's paper, um, I spoke to Mick DeGrandy. He's very well known because him and his brother John and his dad Cyril ran DeGrandy's sports goods for a very long time. Now what I spoke to him about this week was his health battle. Um, It started in his early 20s when he had a brain tumour and then he's also had another health issue which is related to that initial brain tumour which you can read more about um, started with a stroke 17 years ago and I spoke to him about his health battle and about um, his supportive family that's um, you know rallied around him and um, just spoke to him about the challenges that he's facing. So Justine, this week unfortunately there was another cancellation in a sporting team's uh, season. Can you tell me a bit about what the latest is with basketball? Yeah, Kim, so I guess the big V, it was a long time coming and a lot of people probably already thought it had been cancelled or was definitely going to be because normally by July they're sort of edging towards the end of their home and away season and ready for finals. So Big V officially announced on Wednesday that it was cancelling the 2020 season and I guess that probably came on the back of uh, the Melbourne lockdown because there are a lot of metropolitan teams that compete alongside country teams in that competition. So, yeah, pretty average for um, the Warrnambool Seahawks and Mermaids, but I think they were both resigned to the fact and probably thought it wasn't in their best interest this year to compete anyway so mm. yeah I think in particular for the Mermaids they were going back into Division 1 this year and had assembled a really strong lineup. some really good veterans had come back into the team and then they also had some youngsters who looked ready to take the next step um, spoke to one of those girls yesterday Mia Mills, she's uh, just turned 14 and very very impressive young lady um, and she had hoped to debut earlier this year when she was 13 which would have made her one of the youngest of all time um, for this club. So, Mm. yeah, that's on hold for her, but I'm sure she'll be ready to go for round one next season. 
Yeah, definitely. At least they've got, you know, a lot of training they can fit in between now and then and hopefully come back bigger and stronger. And what about for the VFL and our NAB League? Uh, Nick touched on this a few weeks ago that they were hoping to get their season underway soon. Um, What's the latest for these footy club seasons? Yeah, the VFL unfortunately has had to um, cancel as well uh, after the latest um, Daniel Andrews government lockdown restrictions in Melbourne. Um, I guess most of the teams that were competing in a shorter format this year were based in those sort of areas. Mm. So that's been cancelled, which is unfortunate because a lot of players do get drafted to the AFL through that system. Um, the NAB League, though, there's still hope. Um, I'm not sure how bright it's flickering, but they're still hoping to get some NAB League games in for the under-18s this year. Um, originally, they'd planned to start on August 22 for the boys and early September for the girls and um, get six weeks in for the boys and I think three weeks for the girls because they'd already started before all the coronavirus stuff hit. Um and they had segregated it into country v country and metro v metro. So I'm not sure if that's going to help or not when we try and resume after this uh, six-week lockdown. But um, I think they'll get games in some form or the other. But, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how they navigate that sort of stuff. And sticking with AFL, um, a local legend from Camperdown has received his AFL Life membership. Justine, can you tell us a little bit about who Ken Hinckley is and, um, and what is a AFL Life membership? Yeah, so AFL Life membership, you've got to be involved with uh, 300 uh, games, uh, either as a player or a coach or I think admin as well, perhaps. I'll double-check that one. Um, so <laughs> Ken obviously uh, hails from Camperdown and... Um, played a few games for Fitzroy and in the 80s and then had a pretty decent career at Geelong. Um, and he is now obviously coaching Port Adelaide in the AFL. He's been there since 2013 and has them flying at the moment. They're uh, atop the ladder after five games. Um, they did have a bit of a hiccup last week, but we'll see how they go in responding this weekend. Um, so, yeah, Ken's, um, as I said, born and bred from Camperdown and uh, had a really lasting impact at that club. He did come back in 99-2000 to coach them and led them to back-to-back premierships um, when they only lost one game in those two seasons. So, wow. you know, yeah, they were... And people, I spoke to five or six former or current Camperdown identities, I guess, this week. People, you know, past presidents, former players, captains, um, football managers, etc. And, yeah, that was really great because they all gave me some really interesting stories about Ken... Um, about what sort of stuff he would do, the mind games he would play to try and get the the team up and about. But the overriding thought was just his positivity that he brought to the club and sort of instilled that confidence in the players. Um, One of the stories that I was told, which was quite funny, was that they did a three-kilometre time trial in the pre-season and then six weeks later into the season they were undefeated, flying, and he's like, all right, we're going to do it again. So they did the, the time trial again and he told everyone, oh, well done, you did really well. Uh, yeah, I'll beat your times. Anyway, so they kept going and went on to win the premiership. And then um, after the season, well, I think it was the former captain was talking to him and he said, oh, you know, three quarters of the team didn't beat their times that day. So what he'd done is he'd just, they'd obviously tested poorer, but because they were flying, he didn't want to um, dent the confidence or the morale, so he just let them think that they... They pass with flying colours. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, Get the positivity so up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be worthwhile maybe telling them they did, 
didn't do very well. So, yeah, that's the sort of stuff, I guess, as a coach, you've got to try to think on your feet and um, see what you can get the best out of your players. Yeah, definitely, and it must have proven well if he's all the way to Port Adelaide. So that's awesome. And, Justine, just looking ahead to the coming weeks, um, what are we expecting with the club seasons that are still going ahead? Yeah, well, thankfully we will get some sport um, underway soon here in Southwest Vic, which is great. I know um, with regards to soccer, we've got some juniors starting in both the Rangers and Wolves competitions this weekend, and then uh, the Rangers senior team, which plays in the Ballarat competition, will kick off next weekend. Um, and we've also got the Hampton League juniors. They are tipped to start next Wednesday night and um, and follow through on the Saturday. So their season... I think it's about 10 weeks, and um, that'll be great just to get some footy and netball in for the kids. Um, and yeah, and then the Warnerborn District League uh, follows up on August 1, and same with the women's competition. So finally, we've got a little bit of uh, live sport coming back to the region. Definitely, finally, you have something to write about. <laughs> <laughs> it will help. It will help. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to The Standard through our website for all our stories and features. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country, the Gunditjmara people, and the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This has been a Warrnambool Standard production. 